Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we'd normally rate and review trilogies. Tonight we're reviewing a duology and deciding which film feels the need, the need for speed. I'm your host WizKid and joining me are my wingmen. I'm Justice and I want somebody's butt. I want it now. I've had it. And I'm 8-Bit and you guys can be my wingman anytime. Of course, we're looking at the uh, the Top Gun movies. The two of them, uh, Top, Top Gun Maverick, recently come out in cinemas. Boys, it's hard to avoid these movies without talking about Tom Cruise. So let's start there. How do you guys feel about Tom Cruise? He, he's an interesting cat, but my respect for Tom Cruise seems to be growing more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, like, I don't know if what it was, I just seemed to avoid a lot of his movies growing up. Um, I was a fan of Mission Impossible, so it's, I always knew him as the Mission Impossible guy. Um, recently, I watched uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, Fantastic film. fell in love with that film and f- felt like being in a Tom Cruise mood after that. I wanted to go watch uh, War of the Worlds, which I didn't end up doing, but <laughs> wanted to watch more films because I was like, he's a he's a damn star in the films. And I think like, you know, like he's always known for doing his own stunts and all this sort of stuff. And he takes it seriously. Um, and I feel like, you know, gives 110% to every role. And man, after watching these films, especially Maverick, I'm just like, man, this guy is a bona fide movie star and I want to see him do more films and I want to support him. So. Yeah, he's quite possibly the last movie star. And I think watching this movie, like, I couldn't watch Maverick and not separate it from the the pretty meta awareness it has of, like, its role in the film industry and Tom Cruise. And, you know, there's so many quotes like, um, you know, the the future's coming and you're not in it. His his mm. conversation with, um, with Iceman, he's like, I'm a pilot. It's not just what I do, it's who I am. Like, you replace the word pilot with actor and it's pretty clear that there's, he's he's dealing mm. with some stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he really he really is kind of the last of his kind. Like this, the the movie stars of this of today are kind of these. You know, we talk about Marvel a lot on this podcast. They're the Marvel guys. They're Chris. They're Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. These people who sort of become intertwined with their characters, and that's kind of how they're. And they're not quite. They're not movie stars as much as the character is. Whereas Tom Cruise mm-hmm. still sells. Like Tom Cruise sells. This is this movie is him. The the plot is him. The character is him. Like. Pete Maverick, Pete Maverick Mitchell isn't a character. It's just Tom Cruise. It's Tom Maverick Cruise. Like that's what it is, and he sells this entirely. And he, like he, he carries. He's the last one I think who can really do it because of what you say. He's this larger and then life figure. He's this, he's this bizarre dude who's got a pretty checkered past. I um, I think a lot of it's probably unfair. People really seem to hate him for the fact that he jumped on a couch. Like that's it's not nah. a big deal, guys. <laughs> He's a Scientologist as well, but yes. so is a lot of people. So is everyone's favorite actress. Um, True. Who, you know, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth yeah. Moss. Yeah. Like Scientology is pretty big in Hollywood in general. So I don't think he gets a lot of unfair flack for that. And yeah, his, his weird breakdowns, but that kind of adds to his allure that he's this almost, like, almost non human character. Like he's an alien who's just possessed this five foot 10 man's body <laughs> and has taken, is pushing it to its limits. Yeah. I like, I, I like a I like an eccentric movie star and I'm okay with that part of him but I don't know if you watch the movie, the videos of him like speaking at Scientology conferences saluting Elron Hubbard oh yeah he's big. it gives he's you the heavy jeebies like I don't know if I can get behind that but uh, like you look Edge of Tomorrow really turned me around on Tom Cruise like I yeah. like a lot of his other movies but that was the movie I'm like I, I freaking like Tom Cruise I want to see more Tom yeah. Cruise yeah and and that's the thing like talking about the whole stunt thing and um. Like running is famously like with Tom Cruise, but like yeah, watching yeah. The Edge of Tomorrow, like you feel that, like you feel like he's there doing that. And watching these films, like I would believe it if you told me there's no CGI. Like and yeah. he, like it's just Tom Cruise in these fighter jets, dropping these bombs, doing this stuff. <laughs> I 100% believe it. You know, because they are doing a lot of physical stunts and they're removing a lot of um the need for CGI because they're focusing on practical effects and. You know, I saw I saw a tweet when Maverick came out that was like, Maverick is what Christopher Nolan wanted Tenet to be, like this return to cinema and like yeah, this yeah. this tent pole film that's like, no, go to the cinema to watch this. Don't wait 30 days for it to come to streaming. Watch this in the cinema. I'm so glad I saw it in the cinema. I wanted mm. to see it a second time. Um, 
and was on the edge of my seat. And we'll get into that when we talk about Maverick specifically. But like with the accent eccentricness of Tom Cruise, like I'm not going to hate on anybody's religion or anything like that. I don't, I don't know too much about Scientology. I know it's a little weird, but the more, the more, the more you know about it, the more you might not like it. But anyway, that's okay. We're not here (laughs) to discuss that. But like, um, that's the thing. There's, he's been known as this weird dude. And like, I saw a bunch of, you know, old interviews popping up with him that people were like referencing as like, Oh, look at this time he did this. And I watched them and I'm like, he's intense. But it's like that meme from um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like he's out of line, but he's right. Like some of the times when he's like clapping back at, a, at an interviewer, saying like, "Oh, you know, you're stepping, you're stepping over your, the grounds there. Like don't, don't push it. Um, this is the boundary here. Respect it. Don't be rude." Um, the famous thing with the water gun microphone. Like, yeah, it was a joke, but he and he took it really seriously. And he's like, he calls that. He's like, "Don't walk away." He's like, "I'm talking to you. Why'd you do that?" And it's very intense and it seems like the dude's going to cry. But it is like mm. he's on a red carpet. He's answering questions for you. Why spray him in the face? Like people spent time doing his makeup, doing all this. And, you know, he's not out of line with that stuff. Obviously, I haven't watched his conferences with Scientology. You might say stuff that's there that's out of line. I don't know, but we won't get into that. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just this whole thing. And when I was watching the film straight away, like I, I thought of you, Conan, because I was like, this feels like a meta commentary on movies, so and much cinema so. in mm. general. Like, yeah, just yeah. like you know, bringing out the fossil and being like, you know, people like you don't exist anymore, and you're not going to be around in a couple of years' time. Like, and him yeah. being like, really, mfers, look at this, and like proving yeah. that he can <laughs> still do it, and yeah. making an awesome box office hit. But also an and awareness, it, an awareness right that he. Like this is one of the lot the few films that actually sort of acknowledges that Tom Cruise isn't indestructible. It still says, yeah, he's he's the best, but it is fully aware that he's getting older, and that even though he can fight against it, is like it's not. He's not going to be flying the same planes in fifty years. Like he will no. probably be dead. It's like there is a there is sort of a handing on of the baton here to Miles Teller and these younger actors who will hopefully take it on, or you know, the future lies with them inevitably. Um, but there is this sense that yeah, Tom Cruise embodies something bigger that the industry has lost. Like he embodies that enigmatic movie star quality that everyone sort of knows, but no one can quite tap into. Some people are just born with it. You know, you've got like your old Robert Redford's and your Paul Newman's and your Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio's. And then you've got Tom Cruise, who's kind of a bit older than those guys, but these people who just, they have it, whatever it is. It sounds cliche, but you recognize that. And he knows that. And he's like, look, this is the magic and I think part of that magic is taking this car- the career seriously. It's it's getting feisty. It's it's being intense. It's making boot camps. It's like the sheer lengths that he went to with Maverick mm. by by not letting it go to streaming. By you know he he called the shots on everything. That he put these the cast and crew through the ringer. There's that famous um, that rant that went viral where he's like going off at a crew member. And there's a lot of rumors that that was actually released by Cruz himself because he's trying to make a he's trying to create an image, but you know he's talking about how like he's putting like he's like don't apologize to me, apologize to the people who won't have houses who can't pay for their mortgages who can't put their kids through college. Like I'm making jobs here. It's like you kind of are, you are this like this this tentpole in the industry, and you will once you're gone, the the corporate machine does look kind of grim, and hopefully people take a lesson from Tom Cruise. Not, a, not necessarily his personal lessons, you know, his personal life's spotty for sure. But I think just taking his craft so seriously and really caring about movies and actually caring about the state of the industry is is really important to me and I, I really respect that where most other actors don't. All right, before we get too bogged down, because we really want to talk about Maverick, let's get let's get the first Top Gun out of the way. Uh, we've got some stats. Uh, Top Gun 1. You look. Oh no, I've lost my box office numbers. Hold on. <laughs> so top Top Gun one, hundred and seventy six million lifetime gross. Uh, oh, that's a weird number. That's a big number. That's one one hundred and seventy six billion. I don't think that's right. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I thought I was organised. It did fifty more billion dollars. <laughs> there was Apologies. a lot of. I can't read. One hundred seventy six billion a million dollars. Still a big movie. Uh, but I mean, Top Gun Maverick already two hundred and thirty million. What an I mean, absolute behemoth! It's eighty six though. Money, you know, eighty six first two thousand twenty two. 
The money's different, I understand. Yeah. But yeah. What was the budget of the first one? Oh, that's all right. Sorry, because it's not a it trilogy, was, they don't put it all on one neat page for me to look at. Yeah. But uh It was um it was heavily funded by the Navy though. So the Top Gun, yeah, very like a combined effort between the Navy and and the film industry to like as a promotion, basically, as a recruitment technique, which is yeah. So the bu- the budget info actually might not be pretty clear because it was like they had a huge role. They had final um final script confirmation and stuff. Like they were the military was very involved in the first one. Mm. Do you think they were as involved in the second one? I don't. I don't know if they were involved at all. I'm sure they were, but I really think that this was much more of a Paramount slash just mainly Tom Cruise thing. Like, yeah, because Christopher McQuarrie was um involved. Like, there's this this group of filmmakers that Tom Cruise kind of surrounds himself with now. Christopher yeah. McQuarrie is the big one. Um, Kaczynski, the director of Maverick, he was with. He directed him in Oblivion. Yes. And they're kind of all com- together and involved. And Jerry Bruckheimer obviously is an, is an old institution. Oblivion. And not a bad film. I think I think underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Um, yeah. Worth a watch. Sorry, but I'm getting off topic. Continue. Apologies. Yes. So the budget for the first one, $15 million. Um, according to this, Lifetime made $357 mil. Uh, And then Top Gun Maverick... So uh, its budget was 170 million and made 434 million so far in one oh, week. One uh, Tom, Tom Cruise's biggest opening ever is what they're saying, yeah. which is yeah. wild. Uh, one of the biggest openings of the year. There's obviously some Marvel movies in there that kind of overshadow it, unfortunately. But but it's looking like it could actually overtake um, multiverse. Mm. Like yeah, obviously at this stage it's, it hasn't, but it's only been out one week. And if it keeps sort of the the positive trajectory, it could end up being possibly highest grossing film of the year, which would be amazing. It's, it be. it's, it's amazing how well it's done. Uh, Top Gun Metacritic score of 50. Top Gun Maverick Metacritic <laughs> score of 78, which is pretty pretty so, high. It's the movie we want to talk about. But before we get there, let's talk about the original Top Gun. Now, this is your... You guys hadn't seen this movie before we decided to do this podcast, had, had you? So this this no. was like the uh, the rainy day VHS at my high school back in the day. And <laughs> yeah. we would we would put this on and then the teacher would turn it off before we got to the scene where they had play shirtless volleyball. Um, See, that's the best scene. <laughs> I know. We yeah. missed out. We missed out. No. So I, I'd seen this movie a few times. I'd seen it lots of times in bits and pieces, but I had I had watched it through. It was never like a special movie to me. It wasn't a movie I thought about a lot. I didn't like quote it or anything like that, apart from the obvious quotes that seem to have infiltrated pop culture. But what about you guys? You hadn't seen it before this recent viewing, Conan? So I say this with all love and sincerity, but this is the gayest film I've ever seen. <laughs> the the homoeroticism in this is, mm. is hilarious. Like it's so, it's palpable. It's every line is dripping with innuendo. There are so many scenes like like the shirtless volleyball that just revel in the male form, mm. and it's it's so funny because it is at the same time like there's no there's no gay. Obviously, it's made in the eighties, so there's no homosexual characters. It kind of does, it, it's the only plot in the original film is the love story between him and um, the the teacher. Yeah. But but this the movie is about like this this camaraderie and these yeah. guys, and it's like this this male bonding like him and Goose have an intimacy that is like more intense than most marriages. Dude, and like uh, like honestly, <laughs> I'll say the the sexual chemistry in that film is not between Cruz and the woman. There's none. <laughs> There's none. All yeah. that, the amount of sexual chemistry in that locker room with them guys is off the charts. That's what I mean. And like the him and Val Kilmer getting right up next to each other, yeah. like you know, nearly about to kiss, and he just kind of smiles. And I'm like, I, I, it had to have been conscious, right? Like it had to have been a conscious choice by Tony Scott to be like, we're we're intentionally kind of challenging this masculinity. You know, like the Navy's kind of so, you know, like look at us being macho. Come join yeah. the Navy, everyone. You can hang out with your friends and do this cool guy stuff. And it's like, I feel like there is a very clear awareness of like how absurd that is as well. And being like, no, like, I just challenging him, but you know, not making a judgment, just being like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of sexually charged scenes here. It's like, do with that what you will. I don't think there's any politics to the, like, there's no sexual politics to the film. I don't think, mm. I don't think there's a clear like pro or anti LGBT message. 
But it's just, it, it, it honestly blew my mind a bit. I'm like, this is the gayest movie I've seen. And I've seen Eating Out. Like, <laughs> I, I've seen these films. It's, it's crazy to me. But um, besides that, it's, it's also pretty boring. I don't like it much. Like, so, I just, yeah. Luke, what did you think? Like, I'd never seen it before. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as much as, you know, a cheesy 80s film can be viewed as for the first yeah. time in 2022. Um, so 80s, yeah. I'd be interested now watching it after watching Maverick because, um, spoiler alert, like I really liked Maverick. I really, really <laughs> liked Maverick. And so that's how you do that film. Um, mm. But I enjoyed it because, you know, I have a nostalgia for 80s movies, 90s movies, and... Um, it was kind of a trip to see, like you know, Val Kilmer and in his, in his prime. In his prime, yeah, yeah what a man! Prime. Uh, he, Tom he Cruise looking baby faced and young, and like, yep. um, it's a, it's a really interesting like time capsule to watch, mm. and it, it, it it's very eighties, but there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, I I feel like it kind of deserves a better score than what it's got. Like, I don't think it's a bad film at all. I've seen a lot boring. worse films, like. I don't know if this is um, worse than, you know, the Battle of Five Armies, Hobbit, or anything like that, <laughs> which rated higher on Rotten Tomatoes and all that. But, um, no, I, I enjoy this film and, you know, as like Mavericks more so, but the the scenes stand up, like the action scenes um, and the like the flying. Broken? Yeah. I think I think in a lot of cases yeah. it's real, it's very, very well done. Yeah. Um, for the 80s, 80s. Yeah, there's a there's a tension in in Maverick that they don't manage to capture in the first film, but yeah. it's it's I, I think it's still really well done, and you, it's like it's not like it looks bad. It doesn't look like when we watched Star Wars and it was George Lucas with weird CGI or anything. Oh come like on that. now, but like <laughs> yeah, I, I like it's all very believable. You're right. Like it feels you know it feels like you're there in the cockpit. You, you you're flying yeah. at these Mark speeds and. Like I don't, I'm not a plane guy. I wasn't that interested in planes, but I'm like, oh yeah, there's the lock-on signal. He's got him. Like I'm getting yeah. really into it and enjoying it. Yeah, I th- I think it mostly stands up in that regard. I think everything around that's a bit is very very corny and very cheesy in in yeah. almost all cases. Um, yeah. you know the the synth ballad soundtrack. It gets a little great. It gets me grading after a while. I think. Yeah. Holy crap! It is classically. I know. Unironically used. Danger Zone just doesn't doesn't fly, doesn't work. <laughs> it's Created so hard. Danger Zone, man. Uh, yeah, I like. I don't I, mind. I, I, this, this one, I'm, but it's been parodied to death, mm. and so every that's single not this you, film's fault in eighty six. No, it's it's not, but it. it's not. Well, you can because you come at things back with a lens, and you go, "Wow, that has not aged particularly well," because it's been parodied to death. It's like, yeah, at the time it was sure it was it was fine, but like it came on, and I was belting there. You can't watch it, and you can't watch these movies <laughs> in a vacuum. No, you're right. Um. I, I I like and they did it again with Maverick and we're gonna keep referencing Maverick, but um I love like a an intro where it says like you know, it has like the music building up and has like the text and you re- referenced it the other day, Grant, but it's my first note, like and like they call it and it's like and then just the, 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 then the title <laughs> pops up dramatically. Like it's gives me Mass Effect vibes in the video game world, like you know, we're they gonna, call it this. And I'm like, they call it Top Gun. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm on board for this. This is cool. I like it. Yeah. You really went that into it, were you, Conan? No, I was really, like, I really wasn't. I just, hmm. I don't like, I think it's a movie. I don't know. The vibe I got from it was that if I'd seen this in the 80s as a kid, I would have loved it. And I think the people yeah. who, who, the people who love this movie and rate it are the people who saw it when they were younger, when it was like cutting edge. And, you know, like the height of 80s action cinema, which I don't think, like 80s action is loved by nostalgia. There's no, it's very rare. Like there's no real 80s action films that are critical darlings. Or people don't look at it and go, that was great action. Like it's, it was fun. And there's definitely some good films, but 80s action is almost used as shorthand for like bad, like cliches, cheesy, people shooting from the hip with rounds of 6,000 bullets sort of stuff. Like Predator, that sort of stuff. Yeah. No, no, that's, no, that's actually a rare... The rare antithesis. The rare gem. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to it. I'm thinking Commando specifically. Yeah, specifically, um, yeah. The, 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 the death of Goose, that didn't hit you right in the heart. Like, well, no, because I knew that. Like, you knew that was going to happen? Fair enough. Is, that was the tricky part. That's what I mean. Like, I knew what this film was about. I knew 
that sub that his wingman dies. Yeah. And so I came into it and like there is there is no plot to this film, right? It's the plot is quite literally him trying to win the girl because it's, otherwise it's him trying to become the best, I guess. Yeah. But it's so it's so paper thin, and that's fine. It doesn't need to have a distinct plot, but it's just a lot of action pieces and a lot of like com- the camaraderie is good. I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. but like the script isn't isn't dynamite. Some of the dialogue's pretty bad. There's no chemistry between him and I can't remember a name. Um, they couldn't remember I, a name when they were yeah. casting for Maverick either. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I, I just didn't connect with it at all. So with with the, with the goose thing, like, um, had a bit of an impact for me. I was I was really annoyed that it got spoiled for me. Um, like. I've gone, all, film, I've gone all these years without being spoiled. <laughs> and then Conan in the group chat said, I know who dies. And I was like, okay, that's not too much of a spoiler. I'm like, I can deal with that. I was like, someone's going to die. And I had this in my mind the whole time building up to watching it. I was like, oh, I think Val Kilmer's character dies or whatever. And then um, when we went and watched, uh, what movie was it recently? It would have been Doctor Strange. When I went and watched Doctor Strange, um, there was someone, someone sitting behind me, and the the preview for Maverick came on, and the kid goes, "Like Goose oh, dies, man!" He, literally, he was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, remember when Goose died?" And I was just like, <laughs> "I was like, man, I'm watching that film in like three days." I was like, "What, what the hell is up with this?" And then, um, yeah, as soon as I started watching, I was like, "Oh man, that's right, poor Goose." But um, I feel like it sort of it comes out of nowhere. Like yeah. it's not like it's. Mm. It's, you know, there's this fun scene and then this happens and boom. It's just like not, um, what do you call it, like a glorious death. It's literally he smacks his head yeah. ejecting out yeah. of the thing. And it's like, oh, shit, what happened? Like, oh, did that, that yeah, killed you, him. That's You, bl- you blink and you, I had to rewind. I'm like, how did he die? Because yeah. I had the thing. I was like, wait a minute. Was that, I was like, was that the death scene? I was like, oh, shit. Like, just like that, boom, they killed this character. And I think not having that spoil for me, it would have had more of a, uh, an impact, but they definitely just pull it out of nowhere and sort of smack you with it. And I feel like film changes after that point for Tom Cruise to deal with that and yeah, get it's, back into the whole thing. Like it's yeah, get back in the saddle. Yeah, it's definitely it, he's yeah. They, they don't give a lot of time for him like grieving it or anything like that. It's more about his journey after that and getting back into the back into the swing of things. But yeah, I I don't know. I like that part of the movies. I think I think it's well done. Like you say, it comes out of nowhere. My wife audibly gasped when it when it happens. She's like, "Does he die?" I'm like, "Yeah, you've seen this movie before." And she's like, yeah, no, but "I haven't seen it in ages." Well, and, memorable, uh, memorable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of shocking. Comes out of nowhere. And yeah, like you, I don't know. You're still not 100 percent sure when he gets down there and he's cradling him. Is he is he actually dead? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's the, the end of goose. Um, speaking yeah. of like the whole mourning period, there's that scene with like his captain. Um, it's literally like the next day, like Tom Cruise is in the hospital. It's like he's in the hospital bathroom. And he's like, you got to let him go. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, been like no, three yeah. hours. <laughs> like let him grieve for his friend that just died. Look, this is top gun. Okay? <laughs> yeah, true, this isn't, true, true. This isn't the, the Boy Scouts back home. This is the no. best of the best. You don't have time to grieve or have human emotions. Man. This, Leave that shit know, at the door. Um, another thing, so discussing the actual movie itself, I was a bit confused at the start. Like, it seems like there's, there, it sort of made sense the more I watched the movie, but I was a bit confused at the start where, you know, the first, um, you see all the pilots flying around. I forget the name of the pilot, Hollywood maybe? Like, they're elite pilots, but then they have this one interaction and he's having like a panic attack. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, he has, that, yeah. well, he has that realization that, you know, he's he's got a child he's never seen. Like, yeah. I, can underst- I can understand. I think. Like, I got it more as it went on, and I was like, okay, these aren't the Top Gun guys. Because, like, they have that intro where, like, these are the most elite pilots, Top Gun. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then we get the scene of them flying. So I assumed these are the elite pilots. This is already Top Gun. And then, like, them to have one interaction, and he's having a panic attack. I was just like, what What the hell? Have you never had an interaction with another fighter jet before? Like, I don't don't know what's going on. But as they describe later on, it is kind of a a rare thing. Like, oh, no, I, I interacted with one of those ships, you know, like, that's rumored and all that, like a live contact with them, um, which makes Ooh. it make a bit more sense. But yeah, it, the, it's, um, it's interesting how there's no bad guy in this movie. Like it's, it's not, it's not a country in particular. It's just like it's a fascinating, an it? ominous, ominous enemy force, but it kind of works. Like it's, it's kind of clearly supposed to be Russia. Like if you look at the context and, yes, and everything I didn't else, realize but 
I didn't realize this at the time, but the MiG is a Russian plane. Yeah. So they're also all the planes they're flying are Russian planes. Like, oh, that's okay. That's pretty clear. But yeah, right. They never say Russia. They never clearly say yeah where they're fighting. This like the enemy. No. Yeah. And it's it's pretty fascinating. And they do it again in Maverick as well. They really avoid any sort of actual geopolitics, which I kind of like because these movies, especially the first one, is so like pro America, right? It's very clearly like we are the greatest mm. country and this is the, the military for the greatest country. It's nice to not have it be like, and here's the enemies. Here's the bad dudes. We've got to kill them. It's just like, we're the best and there are enemies. Like, yeah, that's that's fine. I can I can live with that. Um, is it just me or is it like the idea of all these people singing to you in a bar like the worst nightmare possible? Oh, he's, <laughs> they're, so bad. they're so bad at singing too. Yeah. It's so bad. It's really yeah. bad. It's like my living nightmare <laughs> yeah but it is what it is but it, it works it works hey he, he gets the girl yeah for a bit for a bit that's how i got my wife <laughs> with the same outfit and everything <laughs> well i was in top gun oh that's right yes we'll, yes we'll talk about that later um just touching on the volleyball scene obviously it's amazing um <laughs> so, man i don't i don't know about wearing long jeans full-length jeans for top like Volleyball. No. Yeah, it doesn't seem like choice. the best choice. Like topless, but full length jeans. That, that'd be hot, man. The boys yeah. would be sweating. I just, it's, it's just bad. It's bad to play in. You can't, you can't leap. You can't stretch properly. No. You go, you go for that dive, and you're just gonna be like, you're gonna fall. Yeah. He probably bad lost strat. that game. Did he lose the game? <laughs> he's, been been skip- the game? he's been skipping leg day. That's the problem. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. They do it again in Maverick as well in the, in the footy scene. Half of them wearing jeans. I'm like, guys, what's happening? <laughs> but you say you can't see the stilts. It's, it is great back in the day when yeah, Tom Cruise was always on wearing platform shoes. They Not couldn't, in the new it, one, it seems no. like. And they, they, bravo. They, yeah, they stopped about 10 years ago or something. But yeah, back in the day, it's funny seeing him talking with... um with his love interest because she she was much taller than him. Mm. And it's just it's hilarious. Like, man, they couldn't they couldn't have a short leading man back then, huh? Which I mean, again is quite sorry. His height, as I was gonna say, his height is right for a fighter pilot. Like they don't want to be tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's just fascinating. Like Tom Cruise still became the biggest movie star, even though he was short. And they were constantly like, we have to make sure he doesn't look short. <laughs> like, wow, like he's got magic enough to be like just put me in platforms, guys. Yeah. But um, like I, I like the final showdown, um, and yeah, I like him and Iceman having this sort of romance at the end. You know, like, yeah. like an understanding and this competitive yeah. thing. I like that you know Tom Cruise doesn't win; like he has that period, and Iceman does become Top Gun. Like he is the winner of that the tournament thing or whatever. But mm. um, you know, usually it's the hero of the movie that wins it. But mm. it's the old Mighty Ducks lesson: you don't need to win. But <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's let's do the thing where we all came here to do. Yes. Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> Woo. hell of a movie. I was I've been excited for this. For, I wasn't excited for this movie originally. Yeah, I was really just like I was like, who gives a flying crap? Yes, because I, I I wasn't watching the original Top Gun. I had no connection. But just the build up to it and the anticipation and the delays and the mystique mm. really kind of got me more and more interested. And the reception too. Like, and then, the mouth, and, yeah. And then as it started coming out, yeah, the reception, I was like, holy crap, this is going to be the biggest movie, of, the biggest event of the year. And just when you guys messaged when you'd each seen it, you were like, hell of a movie. I was like, oh boy, I'm yeah. so excited. And I, I, yeah, I was not disappointed. There was like, this movie delivers. Mm. It it hits every note. I think it's it's so action packed. The action is so good. Yep. And it's so prop, like it's, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't know if we should really go down this deep dive of just like what they did and how they did it because it's just fascinating. But it's the way it's you know it's not it's not constant, so you're never just like bombarded with it. It's done appropriately, but then it's got such a great emotional resonance as well. Like there were a bunch of moments that I almost teared up in this movie, which I was shocked at. Like yeah, like I, I think you, it, you sorry, watch top, you watch Top Gun one and it's like oh Maverick's an okay character. I don't know that I care about yeah. him that much. And then this movie just delivers like a punch of like no, you care about Maverick, man. You really care about Maverick now. Like yeah. it, this movie delivers on everything. I think they were kind of trying to do in the first one in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it just delivers in spades. It's so good. Like yeah. like yeah, it's it's an insane story. This film, 
Like, obviously, mm. you know, it was originally meant to come out in 2020. Like, the trailers at our local cinema still said, coming 2020. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? This is tripping me out. Um, and they've put posted, like, pushed it all the way through COVID so everyone could go see it. Yeah. Um, this film, I love this film so much that, like, it... Conan, you're going to love this. Like, I sat there watching the film and I was like, it kind of made me lament the MCU. Like, (laughs) legitimately, I sat there and I was like, this movie experience, sitting here watching this film, I feel like captivated by this film. And I was just like, this is what I want Hollywood blockbusters to do. Like, this Mm. is what... And it made me be like... Oh, like all Hollywood blockbusters are now are Marvel films. Yep. And this made, oh, yeah, like this it made me, you know, Edge of Tomorrow. Like, I wish I'd seen that in the cinema. Um, Boom. Like, because that is a similar thing. But this so film. So do the people who made Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but, um, like, this film, I was on the edge of my seat, like, the entire time. Like, it's mm. action scenes feel so intense and like I like it was it felt like a weird VR experience sometimes like the way like the the planes would turn and like you'd 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 feel the weight in the actors of them like shifting and then pushing down to go fast again and I felt like I was like oh getting a bit disorientated in my seat like this is awesome um the experience I had going to the cinema was so special as well because it was like it was packed when I went that's um, awesome. I did go awesome. opening day. It was the next morning at like 11 a.m. 11 a.m. That's Saturday. A bit that's that's, 11, the, bo- that's the boomer hour, mate. Saturday. You got the boomer and screening. Yeah. The, it was all old people, like all old people and me. I might have been the youngest person there. <laughs> and I was just like, I looked around and I had like a smile on my face looking at all these people just coming out. They were sitting there with their, their wives. And I had this whole weird, strange thing where I was just like, when they watched the first film, they were my age. Yeah. I was like, they were literally in their 30s or 30 or 20, like late 20s when they watched the first film. And now they're sitting there old and decrepit <laughs> watching this sequel. <laughs> and I'm like, it's kind of a crazy story that like this is a sequel, like not a franchise, it's a sequel 30, what, four years? Yeah, after the original, 36, thirty-six now. It's supposed to come out thirty-four yeah. years. And the fact so that it's actually good—that's just so yeah. unbelievable, mind blowing. <laughs> like, like surpasses the original, I think, in every oh, way. Yeah, like this. Crazy. This is now. I feel like the whole new thing of being like, oh, well, the sequel's better than the first film. Like mm. how Terminator Two is better than Terminator, or mm. some some people say Aliens is better than. Alien, they're wrong, but you know, no one is going to say Top Gun is better than Top Gun Maverick because Top Gun Maverick is an amazing film, and like, I'm I'm fanboying a bit about it because I really feel like it's kind of a perfect film. I loved this film and wanted to go see it straight away a second time. Now I want to go see it again. Um, I just yeah, I I loved this film so much. I saw some comparisons to this movie with this movie to Fury Road being another movie like made made a lot yeah. later, yeah. but just being a really well choreographed action film and like it's very apt that and like even John Wick I guess is another one. These just mm. action blockbusters that kind of come out of nowhere and are just so well crafted to keep you on your edge the edge of your seat the whole time. And I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't even know how that. In a lot of ways, I don't know how they do it in this film. Like it's almost magic. Like they're literally running <laughs> training runs. They're not, you know, there's no guns firing on them or anything like that. But there's this timer counting down, and you can see the path they should be taking. And then, you know, Maverick will come in and out of nowhere and ambush them or something like that. And it's just the whole time you're like, oh man, this is so good. I'm just yeah. like leaning in my seat yeah. when they're swerving. It just, it all feels really <laughs> visceral and so so good. It's, oh, oh yeah. Like, like so, like, it's. Oh, you go, you go. No, you go, Conan, because I'm going to ramble again for another five minutes. <laughs> well, like, like again, it sounds so trite to say, but like it is. It's the magic of movies, and this is why yeah. I can't. I cannot separate watching this from the general question of cinema in general. And Luke, I'm so glad you said that you're lamenting Marvel because they, this is <laughs> this is exactly what I mean. Like this film is kind of the future of the industry, and I, it, I don't want to over grandize it or make it sound bigger than it is, but. If this movie succeeds, 
there is hope for an industry that is not just a Disney run machine. If it doesn't, then the, the future does look kind of grim. The future looks like these things go to streaming. And, you know, the only the cinematic experience is the Marvel experience. And I'm, I'm, so ex, I'm so happy that this movie is doing well, right? Like there was even the thing where in the trailer they edited out the Taiwanese flag, there was backlash, and they actually left that in. And so China's like refusing to show it. And so it's not actually making any num- many numbers in the Chinese box office, mm. which is the number one box office currently. Mm-hmm. But it's still doing so well. It's like, holy crap, this movie is a success. It's not just a small success. It's a big deal. And like you say, people are turning out at 11 a.m. I went the weekend after opening night at a, in a massive cinema at a, a weird off sort of a bit more of an off hour. And I was packed like shoulder to shoulder with people. The guy next to me was clearly in his 50s. I'm like, this is, but then the people a few rows down were like, in their 20s. I'm like, this is so exciting. Everyone's turning out for this. Yeah. And I think that it definitely exacerbated my joy of it because I was just like, we are all having fun. But mm-hmm. this is this is the movie industry here having its moment, getting out from the weight of the past few years. Like, we, you're right, we had Tenet, which just crumbled. We've had, um, I, mean, I feel like we've, even like the, the Fury, Fury Road comparison, like that movie didn't do as well as it should have. It bombed. Mm. Yeah, and it's like it, sh- it should have been the biggest movie ever, but it wasn't. Yeah. But this this film kind of spells hope. And I'm like, and the emotional resonance of it all, just it really, it's a moment in time that I'm so glad I was there at the movies for. And I'm going to be like, I was, I saw Maverick. I'm going to tell yeah. my kid that. You know, I'm going to be like, I saw Top Gun Maverick and it was dope. Yeah. Like, um, just going back, like, with like, you know, the oldies loving it and coming back to watch it, this felt like, it felt like Endgame. Um, like legitimately like, you know, I had them Marvel experiences where people were clapping and crying in the cinema and all this sort of stuff. And then I've gone a few years without that, even like stuff like Dr. Strange and Spider-Man, Spider-Man got it a bit, but not too much. It didn't seem to have that same effect that Endgame did, um, legitimately in this film. And like, I got, I just had a big smile on my face watching other people watch the film, like watching these old people and the way they were reacting to scenes. There was there was clapping like there there was this woman like clapping and not even at like <laughs> something big happening you know and like it was just like one of the training runs and she she was like on the edge of her seat and all excited and like you know love it, love it. they succeeded and she was like <gasps> like almost stood up and started clapping she was bawling her eyes out <laughs> um, with Iceman like bawling her eyes out. Oh, we have out. to talk about <sighs> that, but yeah, um, yeah, bawling her eyes out about the mention of Goose like. That scene where um, he's playing the piano and Tom Cruise looks crushed on the outside, yeah, like yeah. looking at him, great, and great, great, wow. great acting, and he's playing it. And she's this woman <laughs> sitting there in front of me was like in tears. This old lady was like, "Oh, like," uh, and I'm like, "She's remembering Goose from 36 years ago when she watched the first <laughs> film." Like, it's this incredible thing that it's you know we don't get moments like this in cinema that often where these films that can be enjoyed by myself and people who watched this when they were my age 30 something years ago and we're all there watching this film and enjoying it it was was such a surreal experience and i'm so glad i went to the cinema and watched it because yeah i I adore this film so much the last the last film i had that had an audience like this and it didn't deserve an audience that big but it was was avatar i don't know for some reason the oldies love to get out to see james cameron movies but yeah it was it's a special experience you know having all these generations together like it's a very different to the marvel experience like i've had fun with marvel movies i'm not going to deny it but it's you know i've had also girls down the front giggling and snapchatting and and doing whatever that whatever else while the marvel movie's happening like that's generally the experience i get with those films but this i don't know there was a reverence for this film and i really really enjoyed that it was it was just so much fun reverence reverence is a good word for it yeah there is there did seem to be this kind of solemn respect for it and yeah like this is a this is elevated and I, I really don't want to sound as pompous as that does but like <laughs> that idea that like this is something this is a bit more sacred this is an important property and so it's had the time and the respect given to it and so people turn out because like we have to see Top Gun it's it's an important part of our culture and like yeah. kids are going to see it because they probably heard their parents talk about it or they know who Tom Cruise is or they like planes and like, that's that's really cool like even at some of the letterbox reviews I just talk about a similar experience to you Luke where they're like one of them was talking about this She's like this this guy down the front of me sounds like he had this moment of rapturous ecstasy during one of the takeoff scenes. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like this is the most exciting. She's like, I'm so happy 
and excited to see all the dads come out for this movie over the next few weeks. And I'm like, amen. Hmm. Like people need to come back to the, the cinema. People want that. Yeah. And this is the kind of reason we're here. Just I like, I could feel everyone in the cinema, like the tension during the, like the Mark 10 scene to open the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I could feel, feel everyone like clenching their butt cheeks together it was like oh and like people were sitting there like all shaking like oh god what's gonna happen and i if what a great scene like yeah, it felt and- physical as well like it felt like oh my god is tom cruise going mark 10 right now i, yeah. I don't know like he probably he probably was like, the, <laughs> he probably the, was the, the madman like holy the shit are, the guy's a pilot like he does this stuff yeah not, not that exact stuff, but you're not right. That, like he, but he's got some like experience. It. I, it would not surprise me in the slightest if he trained to do like some like upwards of this kind of thing that pilots can do. Like the guys, the guy's a genuine freak. He commits his life to stunts. Yeah, that that scene has such a great release too, where the the comedy of him like crashing and then walking into that small town into yeah. the diner and everyone like, just looking at him, like it. And he's like, "Where know. am I?" And the kid's like, "Earth." Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's just so. <laughs> it's, it's very very well crafted. Very very smart opening to that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I read a thing before watching the film like that that shot um when it flies over. Uh, Ed Harris's head, like the Mark 10 plane. Yeah. Um, they had one shot to do it because it cost that much money and Jeez. it wasn't meant to blow the roof off that shed. Like that, it blew it and destroyed that shack that they'd built. And they were like, well, that's our one shot. It worked and they oh, nailed it. Mm. But it, and you watch it and it's like, holy crap, it actually blew the lid off that whole shed yeah. flying past it. Like it's, oh man. It's, that whole scene is like the... The stuff you see where he's above the clouds and just those moments, like the score, the score in this mm. film is so freaking good. And you see the credits, but like Hans Zimmer, Lady Gaga. Oh boy. It's got like all of these heavyweights who are working on it. But like some of the visuals where it's just this beautiful shot of the jet stream flying through cl- over cloud cover and just these like remarkable aerial photography. It's like, it's, it's like you are like, you're watching from God's perspective and you're seeing something that humans don't see. It's like this is kind. This is magical. Like we don't know what this looks like, but being above the clouds so high with that music, it's like, yeah, it, it, this exceptional experience. Like I was taken out of body for a few moments. And I'm like, this is amazing, and I yeah. see why this is so exciting because you are seeing something that no one else gets to see. Like to be a yeah. pilot like that would be something remarkable. Mm. Yeah. Um, just like I think, obviously, you know, plot wise, it's still fairly simple, but the emotional like beats it hits um with rooster uh mm. specifically like i f- like i feel those scenes and like it's it's heartbreaking like you know and he's held back by maverick and he's doesn't understand why um it's kind of glossed over in the first one with um goose's wife where she's just like he'd, he'd want you to fly like you know like keep keep going on be- doing what you're doing but this one sort of deals with the whole impact of that. And like she mm. obviously passes away in this kid's life as well. And it's just, yeah, like that. those scenes as well with them too, um, I thought were great. Miles Teller, he's a, he's a hell of an actor. He's, he's, uh, he's so he's good. Um, yep. Yeah, and like you said, that even that scene like where he's playing the piano in the bar, it's just it's so much fun. Like you can see him really enjoying yep. Like it's such, it's compare that to the bar scene where they're singing in Top Gun 1. And it's like, yep. oh, this is so much better. So like, much, so much, so much more heart. There's actually seem, seems to be some talent there musically. Like, yeah, yeah. he's yeah, a good musician. This is the thing, like all the fan service and the um, sort of the homages they make. Like, yeah. they have Danger Zone in this movie, but it works because it's got a huge nostalgic tinge to it. Yeah, yeah. you have that. You have these scenes of Tom Cruise riding the motorcycle again, and it's like this old guy can still ride. You have that scene; it just recreates it. And so, yeah, they're just it's great because they're not just like little Easter eggs. They're not there to just make you go, oh, cool, I know that, and then move on. They, It kind of does, it kind of makes it one, like the best thing a sequel can do, right? Where it takes the original, it's aware of the original, and it adds these little things, but it expands on them. Like that, it has that musical scene, but it has a huge emotional weight to it. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, both, it's both fun, but it's more than just fun. It's more than just a nod. It's actually an emotional beat for their journeys. Yeah. And there are so many... All this like little stuff like that, I think it just does really remarkably. Like, even when he goes to to get it on with Jennifer Connolly, there's no yeah. awkward five minute like tongue lowering down into her mouth, <laughs> like there is in the first one. <laughs> it's actually like they just they talk and they hang out for a while. 
And we don't yeah. like, even if they're they, like laughing and just chatting and like yeah. it's yeah. And it's this great like we don't need to show you kind of creepily exploitative sex scenes here. It's like no, these are two sort of older people who are just they're looking for connection. I'm like, yeah. that's how you do it. it it's this, it's resonant and it's reminiscent of the beat, but it's it's matured enough that it actually does more than just it's much more mature. Yeah, even even like the shirtless sports scene, like we get that again, but this time you know they're building a team. They're he's showing them how to have teamwork. Like it's it's fun, but there's also a bit more meaning behind it. It's not just an excuse to get all these actors with their shirt off. Like yeah. it works. It, works it has a nostalgia levels. thing, to and it, it has well. the nostalgia it's like, to it too. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. 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 As soon as as soon as it happened, like, the cinema laughed. We're like, cool, we get the shirtless beach scene. <laughs> yeah. Again, like it had an emotional relic. Like seeing them all together, that was one of the yeah. moments I kind of teared up because like they're all working together and they're really having fun. And you see yeah. Bob's getting carried on the shoulders, and I'm like, I was that kid once. You know, and it's just it's Bob's this the beautiful, guy we all relate to, yeah. Exactly, it's this yeah. beautiful moment of like you're seeing it happen. Whereas in in the original, it's just much more like these oiled, sweat, unattainable sweat, bodies, sweaty, sweaty pecs, baby. Yeah, and it's yeah, it does nothing except sort of like oh, there's a tension, there's a rivalry here. Okay, yeah. Um, um I. Or just touching on that scene, like where with him and Jennifer Connelly as well, like the cinema, like, you know, he drops down to the next floor mm. after all this thing to jump, go out the window and the, the daughter's just standing there, like staring at him. <laughs> yeah. And like the whole cinema, like all the old, oldies were cracking up laughing like at that. And then she says like, and just she, don't yeah. break a heart. And then everyone in the was like, oh, like, like <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, and it's like, oh man, look at this emotional roller coaster we're all going yeah. on. Yeah. It was great. Speaking, no, speaking of emotional roller coasters, can we talk about Val Kilmer? I, I, I don't think I've ever seen like. Obviously, Val Kilmer, you know, has had health issues. He's lost his voice. I wasn't yeah. sure about how they were going to handle it leading into it. Like, I'd, I'd heard a news story that he'd, um, I don't know how what they call it, but that he'd recorded enough of his voice that he could recreate it with a computer. And I thought, oh, are they going to like CGI his face and and like do his voice that way or something like that? But mm. the way they handled it, like. Remarkable. so so respectful but it just adds it adds a lot to the character yeah and like just him typing on the screen and tom cruise basically monologuing um yeah, yeah. Oh, i had chills it was so so good and val kilmer like such an actor not even mm. saying a word but just portraying so much uh emotion and like moving that scene for us so good like and, so yeah. well handled like this goes into the whole thing with Marvel or Disney and Star Wars and all this sort of stuff. Like th- we're used to this. We're used to them bringing back dead people and yeah. si- bringing in CGI versions of them and doing this. And like, just, just to have a cameo. Sometimes it's just like, yeah. Oh, here's that yeah. person, you know, from that old film who died 20 years ago. Here they are again. This is done. Um, obviously he's alive, but like it's done respectfully. It's done gracefully. And it's there for a reason. Like it's not just yep. there to have him have a cameo. No. It adds something to the film. It has a purpose. At the start of the film, I was like, oh, it's just gonna be text messages. I was like, he's just gonna always be over the text messages. They're never he's never actually gonna be in the film. I was like, so that's how they've gotten around it. But it adds an impact. And then obviously with what happens, it adds even more impact after that. Mm. Um, yeah. and it's emotional. And man, oldies were crying. Like I felt like crying. Like it would I, I was like, oh, Iceman, this character of love for four days. I was, I was like, but it was like it had this thing, and I'm like, part of me wishes I'd watched Top Gun and loved it as a kid. Like, yeah, because man, if it captured me this much, like, I can't imagine what it would have felt like being a fan all this time. Like, can't imagine what it felt like for the people in the cinema who watched this when they were young, you know, and who are old now seeing these characters like that. It's um, yeah, it. Very well done, respectfully. Yeah, and I, th- I think again that serves to the point of, like, it's it's almost like it's a goodbye to Val Kilmer, and yeah, it's like it's it's there's that meta level to it where Tom Cruise is coming to this old friend. Like Val Kilmer was, like, he was a movie star. He was Batman. He was like a Juilliard trained actor. Like he was a he was a big thing. Like a huge dude. Like movie star. Worked with Michael Mann on Heat. Like iconic yeah. for yep. a long time. I think in our lifetime, he didn't do nearly as much. So, like, he did a lot no. of smaller roles. But, like, back in the day, he was a huge deal. Like, these films made him a household name. Yep. And so, seeing him, yeah, where he is, like, seeing him just really aged and really sick with no voice and this beautiful sort of, like, goodbye to him and, like, this is a terrible, this is the future. 
this is what can happen to these people. Like these guys who are larger than life, they can like, you know, we are, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of, it's really sad, but it's also really beautiful because it's this final moment between these guys. And it's this wonderful, like, yeah, goodbye to this actor who for a long time, people didn't really know what was happening with him. Mm-hmm. People weren't sure if he just dropped off the scene or what the deal was. So to yeah. sort of acknowledge it and be like, yeah, this is a, a titan of the industry who's sort of, this is his final, his final goodbye to his swan song. And yeah, just having Tom Cruise there monologue and he sort of, he starts tearing up. It's like, holy crap, this is, this is amazing. It's just such a good scene. That's the thing, like apparently Tom Cruise like refused to have this film without Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah, Like, no, he needs to be in it. We need to figure out how we're going to do this because like he's just as important as anybody in this film. And even for that, that scene to have like the, the levity of like, um, Who's the better pilot? <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's like, "Oh, I won't say anything and ruin the moment." Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's it. Yeah, like to go from like Top Gun, like we said, he's literally in his prime. Like that is peak male performance. Yep, you know, yep. frosted, yep. frosted tips. Yeah, to to <laughs> this, it's yeah, it it shows. But um, yeah, no, great scene, great scene. Yeah, and even yeah, the finale as well. Like. Oh. Both in terms of action spectacle, the whole last like 20 minutes, half an hour, holy crap. But then the final moment as well, when they sort of recreate the, the coming together and he comes up to Miles Teller and he's like, thank you for saving my life. Yeah. And yeah. they hug it out. I was just like, go get him. Go get him, guys. Like, thank you. Thank you for giving oh. me this experience. Thank you for giving me all the films you've made, Tom Cruise. Miles Teller, thank you for being a good actor. This is great. Yeah. Did you did like, you guys think the movie was going to end with Tom Cruise sacrificing himself for totally, totally. for Rooster? Like yeah. I totally thought that was the end of the film, and yep. then we get this we get like another, we get what, another 20, 20, twenty minutes, minutes. and they're so good. Like we get spectacle. the Tom Cruise running scene, we get yeah, <laughs> and just him like firing up the old 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 plane, and then oh, Miles Teller not being able to eject, and he's like, "What would you do if I wasn't here?" And he's like, "I fight," and he uh, he takes it takes on the you know the, oh, the, the top of the line the jet. super so high good. class. Like top of the line jets in the old rust bucket, yeah. Um, Ugh. and just like that's the thing, like it was totally like that. I was like, This is how it ends, he's done this, like he sacrificed himself, it's poetic or whatever. Yeah. And then to get what we get after that, I was like, Oh my god, I was like, Am I not leaving now? I was like, Do we, we have more time <laughs> left? And then to have like another awesome sequence because already before that, it was like such a spectacle that final scene, oh, crazy. um, for the like. The whole thing with um, the comedy as well of him like flying and being like just just waved and like nod your head and, <laughs> and like they're talking to him and he's like I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, I have no <laughs> keep idea waving. What, what keep does that waving. sign mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they drop back and it's like uh oh here we go, we got to yep. do this. Um, but just the action and like in this like the whole the whole film, but like mm. this death death star scenario of like they've got to do this specific route drop yep. down hit this exact target fire events do all this um it being pulled off is like magnificent it's like mm. edge of my seat like captivated man like I, I felt like i didn't breathe for like three minutes i was just like sitting there watching like enthralled by what was going on the, the build-up to that scene was so good, like, throughout the whole movie. It made the Top Gun school make so much more sense. In the first film, it's yeah. just really, like, nebulous. They're just running exercises, and then all of a sudden they're in a live scenario, and I don't I don't even know how they get there, right? Like, I don't know why they're the ones that are there. But in this, like, yeah. seeing them train constantly for this run and then the timeline being pushed forward and that moment where Tom Cruise proves it can be done, like, that was the moment where my, my cinema was cheering. People were clapping. Yes. Yep. It's, it's so well done. Like, you're edgy seat watching that time countdown and then he flogs it like has time to spare and it's like man maverick you're a hell of a dude (laughs) when we haven't seen it done at all yet it's either people are too slow and accomplish it but way slow or like accidents are happening um john ham's great in this as well as that you know the new jerk yeah crusty dean yeah and (laughs) like it's um that whole thing of him, you know, teaching these guys, I mean, like, now it's going to be four minutes. Yep, yeah, we're going to have to deal with all this other stuff. And then for him to just steal a jet, fly and be like, <laughs> here we go, boom, done. And John Hens like, well, shit, <laughs> what can I do? Because you truly are a maverick, maverick. Yes. Yeah, yeah you are. Oh, so good. 
I honestly thought, like, coming into this movie, it was going to be something, you know, they do it a lot in TV, but it happens in other movies too, where they're, they're passing on the torch to this new generation and mm. Tom Cruise is just going to be a small character. He's not, you know, he's he's going to teach the class. He might fly a little bit, but he's not going to be in it that much. But, I don't, they, like, I feel like they totally turn that on the head. Like, no, no, this movie's about Maverick. Like, it's yes. about his journey and he's going to fly this final fight despite being a man in his 50s. He's still the best they've got. Somehow, I mean, I don't know, I'll suspend disbelief there, but... And there's like He's there's been definitely piloting a, for thirty years. I know, and like I looked it up afterwards, and like apparently you know, fighter pilots do fly into their forties and fifties, so it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. But I, yeah. yeah, I just expected it to be all about the, the next generation. You know, this is the new Top Gun, and in the next movie they're going to be in it again, and Tom Cruise is going to have moved on. But to have it just be about him and have him run that final run and be still the best, I, it was, it's just so much fun, and it just it just really defied the expectations that I had for this film. I agree, and it's it's the kind of franchise film that I think hopefully won't be a franchise as yes, well. Yes, because oh, you're right. I, yeah, it tickles that sort of itch of like, oh, is it going to be the yeah Top Gun, the next generation? And it's like Miles yeah. Teller is leading this ragtag squadron, but like I don't think they will, I nor should they. That. No, no, that's right. No one, no one wants six Top Gun films. No. Top Gun's in a cinematic universe. We don't need it. Oh no, I don't, I just can't. I can't imagine Tom Cruise would ever let this go. Like until he dies. He will be Top Gun, and maybe then they'll like they'll CGI Tom Cruise in the next one. Who knows? Yep. But um, yeah, it's just, it's this fascinating like anomaly in the pattern, and but at the same time, like it exists in this weird kind of universe that isn't part. Like the enemies are all kind of again nameless in this, and Tom yep. Cruise is like a pilot who's so damn good that he can defy everyone else. Like I like this weird suspended world of like we don't even know what year it's in. This no. could be like 2005 or it could be like 2040. So they've got drones. That's sort of all we know. And he's been yeah. flying for a long time. It's just this fun, like, it doesn't matter. The specifics and the real world ramifications are irrelevant. What matters it, it, is the mystique and the image. Yeah. He's he's nearly timeless too. Like, it's almost, mm. like, they do acknowledge that he's older, but, you know, he's he clearly looks a lot better than Val Kilmer does, right? Like, yes. And any, any of the other characters they brought back, he's, I mean, Tom Cruise is, is you know, how does this man look so oh, good at, at sixty? It's unbelievable. It's, it I'm sure it's very. I'm sure it's like, very yeah, expensive. Okay. Whatever he's doing, but I think well, Scientology promises, Scientology. Eternal, it promises <laughs> eternal life. So I think maybe it's actually something. Might to be it. onto something, man. Maybe, That's right. Maybe we give, good. we give it a lot of shit, but Tom Cruise is the perfect example of how it works. Uh, were you guys happy with the, you know having Jennifer Connelly be the the love interest? Did you did you wish they'd brought 100%. back? I don't know what no. her name was, but and they, definitely. It's funny because you look at you look at interviews with her and she's like, "No, I'm old and fat. I know why they didn't ring me." <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you you aged like a sixty year old woman, unlike Tom yeah. Cruise, who has not aged in the past thirty years. This is what I'm. This is what I mean. It's just Tom Cruise is the exception. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, Jennifer Connelly's great. Jennifer yeah, she is, is always she, great, and she's a great um, choice to offside Tom Cruise. Like she, she I looks, agree. you know, like she's aged like he has. I guess. Yeah, mm. their their chemistry is much better than in the first. Yeah. Film <laughs> there as actually well. is chemistry. Yeah, like yeah, yeah there there is. Um, and I I like that fact that like, you know, it it may be like, wait a minute, who is this character? Because like they have history, but we don't know their history. Mm. It's yeah. just alluded to, like you know, obviously times pass between these films. He's seen other people, like he knows what's going on. They never mention the girl from the first movie. I don't think at all. No, like I mean, that's what I mean with the whole timeless, the weird sort of universe in in and of itself. They don't mention her at all. So her name was Charlie. Character's yeah. name was Chop. Yeah. yeah. So her name Charlie. Yeah, she's just gone. There's that one sentence that says, "Um, uh, Rooster's mum died." It's like the whole yeah. old world, and there's one character returning, the um, John Ham's offsider. Yeah, um, again, I don't remember his name, but that's it. There's only like these these bare threads to the old Top Gun we know. There's no Michael Ironside. There's no one else sort of hanging around, and that's kind of that's really fun and cool. And yeah, you've got this because Penny. There's that one comment in the first film where he's like, "You remember the Admiral's daughter?" He's like, "Penny." And that's apparently her. It's like, that's the most oh, tenuous. Right. Oh. <laughs> that's, okay. that's, her, that's her connection. It's the most tenuous thing ever. But yeah. it's like, yeah, but that's cool. We know that, like I say, we know it's someone with history. Yeah. And just let's live the moment though. Let's not worry about the who's and what's. Let's just be here. Mm. Yeah. 
You no, guys have ever, ever drink at that bar with the risk of having to buy drinks for literally oh, everyone oh. for for a pointless list of rules? <laughs> There'd be a lot of people putting their phone on the bars and having a pay. She would have a lot of unpaid debts, I think, is what she would have. I yep. think so. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> beer ain't cheap, man. Hey, man, yeah. a lot of people disrespecting women. Um, <laughs> and everyone just loves it. Everyone's like, hot, oh, great. I've got to dish out $600 for drinks. <laughs> oh, no $600 at least, man. It'd be a lot more of that. And then it gets yeah. thrown out, which is funny. But yeah, like um, that scene's fun as well. Like I was worried we'd get another singing scene, but um, <laughs> not as in like with the Navy outfits. Yeah. yeah. Not that route. We can go that route. But, um, you know, it was really good. Yeah. Do we have anything else we want to say about Top Gun Maverick? Hell of a movie. Is Tom Cruise, like we talk a bit about auteurs in this podcast, you know, people having a vision for a film or a series of films and that that making the difference. Is Tom Cruise the auteur for Top Gun 2? Like I feel like he's the one who brought in all these people around him. You hear these stories about him insisting it be released in the cinema only about, you know, all this, the, film, this, the filming in the cockpit being done in actual cockpits in flight. Is he, is he the auteur of this film? I've, that's a really, it's a really interesting question, and it's a really good way to view it because I think he is. Just, and he'd be the only one. He's the only mm. sort of actor slash producer who could who could carry that title because it's directed by a different guy. Yeah. It's written by different people. Like, it's almost impossible to think you could have a film that has a vision that's not by one of those two. Yeah. But you're right. I think this movie totally is a Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise's vision. Like, mm. he's definitely the driving force behind this this film. Yeah. And everything I, around it. And because you look at his career, right, and he's, especially ever since sort of the, the 2000s, he's really had this, all of his roles, he is like a, he's basically the great white savior, not in like a, a weird racist way, but like he is this one man, he's this messianic figure. He's always a good guy, except in Collateral. It's the only exception. He's always a hero. Uh, Tropic he, Thunder. <laughs> sorry, two shades. <laughs> no, that's the only other one, okay. So there's, so there's two. He is He never dies. And he's always kind of fighting for like this one final lost cause. He has a very clear vision of what he sees himself uh, as. Edge of tomorrow. He dies quite Sorry, a lot. Dies properly, <laughs> like permanently dying. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a funny word in that context. He dies a lot in that film, <laughs> pretty brutally does, sometimes. Does nothing but dies really. Mm. Yeah. But it's his, he kind of has this vision for himself and he takes these roles for that reason where he's like, I am taking on the mantle of the world here. Like I am, I'm Ethan Hunt. I'm doing these stunts and I'm saving the world quite literally in every movie I make. And I think that's, that kind of translates to all the films that he makes. They are these big things. There is this clear sort of identity and sense and like spectacle and idea of, you know, they don't make them like they used to. Like people go mm. to see Mission Impossible now because it's like they do not make action films like this anymore. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, that title of auteur actually, I can't, can be applied to Tom Cruise, which is so weird, but it's just part of his magic again. Like, Yeah. This, this movie yeah. just feel, does feel like it has a vision. Like it has someone who, who has an idea of how this movie should go and how it, you know, how it should all come together. And if you look at the production of it, it doesn't feel like it has that. Like it started writing in 2010. The writing credits, there's like six people on it. Yeah. Like that doesn't spell good things for a movie generally, but you look at the people who you know, work around, have worked around Tom Cruise before, like the writer of um, of Edge of Tomorrow came in at some point and worked on this script. And it feels like Tom Cruise brought these people in to get his vision through, his vision over the to line. Make the best damn Top Gun movie. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. Just just uh, before we wrap up, um, we we'll just want to talk about uh, Hangman. Uh, we didn't talk about him too, too much at all. I kind of like that his whole character, it's kind of a weird mix of like you see him as Iceman, but he's mm. also Maverick. Like he is Maverick who doesn't care about, you know, he mm. just cares about the speed. Like, no, I don't, don't worry about my wingman, um, which is what Tom Cruise did in the first film. Like he is Maverick yep. and he's like, no, we don't need another Maverick. Like Maverick's not great. And yeah, I, I like his, his banter with Miles Teller and he ends up, you know, helping save the day as well. Yeah. I saw that, saw that coming a mile away, but yeah, hundred percent. You know, there's things yeah, in this movie strange. that surprise me, like where they where they, where it continues on after Tom Cruise sacrifices himself. But there's other moments like, oh yeah, Tom Cruise is now going to come and fly this course, and, and no problem, mm. or they're going to get yeah. saved by Hangman. Hangman has the coolest helmet, I will say that. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, Glenn Powell's Glenn Powell's a great actor, and like it's funny, all those moments that are kind of predictable, they just work though. Yeah, because yeah. 
the emotional cheer, strength. He's still cheering for it. Because... Yeah, I think the emotional strength is so strong there. You're like, I'm, I'm into it. I don't. I, I want to see this because I'm invested in these characters so much. Hmm. This is the this is the magic here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the whole Tom Cruise thing. I, I now I want to watch rewatch the Mission Impossible films and. I'm keen to watch the new Mission Impossible film. Like we just got the trailer oh, recently. So excited! Um, I like want to support this man. I want to go now watch that at the cinema as well. <laughs> that's my last. It's yeah. a similar experience is because that's going to be great as well. My last words are just go and see Tom Cruise films. Like Fallout was great. Go see them all in the cinema if you can, yeah. but also just go back and look at his films. Like put aside his his personal his personal baggage. The dude's an amazing actor, not just a movie star, like an amazing actor. Yeah, and so I think it's it's something that's been watching this film. I have there is a bit of sweetness to it because I know one day he's going to die, <laughs> unless he becomes you know unless he becomes an immortal robot, which could possibly happen. But when he dies, it's going to be a real like it's going to hit hard. It's like this is the this is the death of the last movie star, and that's but that sucks. I, but I I truly believe he'll outlive us all. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm he'll be immortal, Zunu. but he'll probably outlive us. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't know, he's in he's in pristine condition for oh, a fifty yeah, like, something year old. He's doing pretty good, and he's like, he's running a lot. So he, he's sixty years old, and he's much yeah he's healthier than me in every single way. So so <laughs> crap. Yeah. So he's right. healthier than me in my prime, which is meant <laughs> to be now, but Not it doesn't true. feel like it. Doesn't bode well for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for the good, the bad, and and the worst. Uh, you can find us on socials at Good Bad Worst Podcast. Uh, we also have a podcast about video games called Bonus XP. Uh, join us for that if you're into video games. Uh, we also are sponsored by a very special book written by one Conan Clark, uh, The Taste of Iron. It's a great yeah. book. I don't think any of us have it on our table to show you, but find it on Amazon. It's fan. It's a fantastic read. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.